Welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. My name is Simon Hodgkins and I am delighted to be joined today by B Capitan. B, you are very welcome to the podcast, you're very welcome to the show. Let's begin by asking you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your journey and the wonderful world that you're involved in. So over to you, B. First, thank you, Simon, for having me on your podcast. It's um, with such a wealth of information for all the people that I've watched previously. So I hope I can contribute as much as they have. Um, so my name is B, B Capitan, and I live in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. And I have a, my own company, and it's called Interactive B Media, and primarily prides itself in creating um, digital assets, uh, primarily interactive publications, which have embedded audio and video and interactions. Uh, and now I'm shifting um, my company, um, not just to develop more of a marketing and branding for those that self-publish, but to also integrate print with augmented reality, to take and combine the best of our tactile, beautiful book world with innovation and inclusion and next level experiences. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> um, well, I, su I suppose the technology today, be is help is that is that driving you to make the change because i know you're 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 deeply passionate about the technology uh we're all learning together in this whole new world is that driving your business change or is this a strategic direction you want to take the business in right now i i would say it's a bit of both um digital publishing um has not really changed since 2008 and the technology does drive where I'm taking things next. But it's also being a part of the publishing industry has always been about the, the beautiful book, right? And books have held so much value um, and have always been kind of on the expensive end. Um, so with publishing not digital publishing, not evolving since 2008. It's been very political um, in terms of producing next level, interactive multimedia um, experience books. And uh, I'll just take a step back on where I started in um, interactive publishing and kind of how I, I landed there. Um, I'll, I'll go back. Um, 27 years. <laughs> um, I learned how to code and um, Photoshop on my maternity leave from my ex-husband, well now ex-husband, and uh, prior to that I was doing accounting for, <laughs> so I had this very analytical mind and I worked for a very large company, um, a national company, and I just found myself very much gravitated working with the guys in the computer department and learning SQL to run the database for all these delinquent people. <laughs> And I remember, oh my God, I'm so dating myself. And I remember having like being upgraded to having a monitor that was amber or mint 
colored text. And yeah, I just remember uh, getting my first color monitor at work and going, wow, I wish other people could see my screen. And, and that was the, it was, and then, you know, I went on my maternity leave and then the internet exploded, right? In 1996. And there wasn't classes to learn how to take HTML. It was kind of like view source. <laughs> and and Photoshop kind of came on a whole bunch of disks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I ended up being a part of Seattle Web Girls, learning how to, from community, a community of women, and and there were also men uh, involved in um, Seattle Web Girls, but you know, on more of a uh, supportive. <laughs> um, but they, it was an amazing experience, and I ended up working for my local university at the time, um, UBC, and you know, because they they're like Sauter School of Business, like get in here in our marketing department. Can you please help us out? So. I was working with all these amazing women with MBAs and everything else. And here I am self-taught, you know, and with a with like basic accounting <laughs> and I'm doing their stuff. And I'll tell you, it was, I worked for pharmaceutical companies, um, high-end artists, and I did that for many years. And I got to meet so many incredible people, but it wasn't, community-based in the sense that what I'm experiencing now. Um, but back to that, I, it was kind of lonely. So I've been working from home for a very, very, very long time. So when like obviously COVID hit, you know, everybody else was trying to adapt and I was working my buns off, <laughs> not cleaning up my closet like everybody else. But I digress. Um, so I did that up until uh, I went back to school uh, and I went and got to BCIT and I, I'm like, I had already been doing um, web design for a decade at the time. So I'm like, I, I think I should get my certificate. Right. And um, that was really, I kind of filled in a lot of the gaps. Uh, I learned a lot more about Photoshop. That was for sure. Um, and, you know, from there, I had to take a little bit of a break. I have family and, um, you know, folks uh, within my family needed some health help. And uh, so I started transitioning um, from doing web design and seeing that there was this possibility of creating interactive books. And it really got me excited. And at the time, I started working for um, uh, a local church right? Actually, I, for doing their marketing and so forth. I was hired as an outsider. Um, and uh, it was very amazing. And but yet we killed a lot of trees. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's been to church, but we all get, you know, a little something, something to read from and um, everything else. So I, it was really interesting. Um, I learned a lot more hands on how people absorb information, especially those who are over the age of maybe 75, which equates to a lot of folks um, who attend church right now. And they don't want you to change it, by the way. <laughs> don't mess with their systems. But 
in that, I did a lot of their online and and purposing stuff. So I, I guess the reason I'm sharing a part of this is when um, I went into doing digital books and that um, really helped me understand how people use things. I also did um, on call for a local uh, youth shelter, homeless youth shelter. So um, I was like, you know, running, trying to start my business and work part time and, and do all these um, different things. But one of the things I wanted to say about that again is, is I just saw people at their most vulnerable moments. You know, someone who's been living on the street, perhaps who needs uh, who, who might be going through uh, uh, withdrawal uh might be very ill um hungry all of those and then again and also like medicated and we've got these other folks who are also lonely you know tired not feeling well and then just learning how communicating with these people so I'm, I'm sharing this because I believe that that brings a lot of value into whatever I do in terms of when I create things when I think it might be slightly going to the masses and understanding how the most vulnerable people uh, how are you trying to get them to remember or engage or even look at something when they are in that state now that doesn't mean I'm creating books for healthcare or something like that but I'm just keeping in mind like just the average healthy person sitting down uh, and trying to engage in something that you produce as a designer is a challenge, right? And having all of that kind of um, in the background of my mind of like how people are absorbing things. Um, so I ended up creating my first interactive book and believe it or not, it was about cheese and it's called How to Say Cheese. <laughs> and I did the book uh, with someone I knew very well which was a very good friend who we were hanging out and they were from Australia and they were selling cheese in Vancouver and our uh, Granville Island is a beautiful market that is on uh, it's one of our biggest tourist attraction which gets about 11 million visitors a year and so through all of that um dealing with customers and trying to explain to them like why a little weird cheese that smells strange all the way from Europe <laughs> cost $25 and uh and people were intimidated you know it's not mozzarella or Swiss like it's stinky how do I know if it's good and so out of these conversations um she decided she wanted to write a book and I was like here I am miss I'm killing trees at the church <laughs> and I'm like okay let's do this multimedia thing I I found this software that I think that's free with my my Mac that I can use and it was called iBooks author and I was like wow this is a great tool we can embed audio video interactivity pop-ups all sorts of cool stuff about cheese and so that's what we did we worked on it and then midway through the project she went to Australia <laughs> And I was like, okay, how am I going to do this, right? But again, this is uh, around 2015. So nobody was Zooming yet. It was still everybody was kind of Skyping and emailing, but we did it. 
we did it. I had three editors around the world, two sound engineers, an iPad tester, and the author. And we pulled it off within a year and a half. It did take time. Um, but the great thing about that was, is it really introduced me to the publishing community. And I really got involved locally and learned a lot about just because you create a book, <laughs> a big part of it is marketing. <laughs> so all that energy of like the you think is 100% really is the 20%. And then the next 80% is promotion, right? And getting it out to the masses. So yeah. it was really amazing when I found out through a, a local event called YVR Authors, which um, is no longer doing in-person um, meetups, but at that time there was an, a self-published author who was promoting, like, if you want to get your books out there, you need to apply for awards. So I, that was the last thing I thought of because it was crickets. I was, we were trying a lot of different things about trying to engage people. And so we did, I, 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 now, again, I just want to share with people going, awards are really great things. Um, what this shows is that it's not your mom or your friends <laughs> giving you feedback on something. And the types of different um, awards that I applied for were not just literary. Some were design-based. Some were based on ingenuity and in, in, in tech. And uh, so I, I just shot things out. And we won a lot of awards like I believe 13. Yeah, and you won a lot was, of international awards, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, it was substantial. So, and it was all from attending, a, uh, again, a meetup, somebody who she, this this lady who self-published her own cookbook, won the Garmond um, Book of the uh, World in Frankfurt, Germany. And so she also told me about conferences. And so from that, I was like, okay, I'm now the conference girl. <laughs> and I wanted to learn how to make sure that this multimedia book maybe could be produced on Android and other people could enjoy it other than um, just putting it on an Apple um, reader um, to experience everything. And what I found in my travels, though, just to kind of go back a bit is that's what the politics are. You can't put these kind of books on Amazon. They don't read on Kindle and or the fire. Now things are changing. Um, but it, again, it, it's kind of like leaving money on the table. But uh, just to kind of jump back is saying the awards really helped establish myself and the author and the people who also were a part of creating this amazing book. Um, and, and then I, I made a couple of more books like that. Um, I had to sign an NDA and I did some university textbooks, um, which also worked really well with the beauty of the audio and, and the video just to engage people to learn. And then the next really great book that I got to work on um, was uh, Norgenet, um, 40 years of uh, their 40th anniversary. And they are an incredible nonprofit organization featured in Europe. And um, so 
they had created a print book about this that out for their 20th anniversary and they wanted something entirely different and they saw the cheese book <laughs> and they wanted like the cheese book and here i am creating for you know these national servers and it's all very techy and um they wanted something that was engaging and whimsical <laughs> like, how am i gonna do that um I worked with an amazing amount of people globally over um, 2020 when everybody else was hit. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, what's, how is this gonna work, right? And it did, it worked out really well in our favor um, because a lot of the contributors, a lot of the, the book was being written, kind of like working with people in the universities. They're making their stuff as 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 you're building. I, I don't like working that way, but it's the inevitable in some of these situations. But nevertheless, we ended up, um, they were supposed to have present this to their community as a kind of a loving gift and an entity that others could reference of what their organization does. And um, because the Nordics are made up of five countries and the board, um, which governs Norgenet, as there's one from every um, country. And so the process of creating this book was also going through that filter. <laughs> board approving everything but what ended up coming out was something i'm we're all exceptionally proud of and um so how i made it whimsical and, and and integrated their amazing journey and their innovations and how they work is i basically looked at all of the different countries and I started finding all these different amazing photos about different kinds of cool architecture and what types of animals <laughs> inhabit and scenic things. So I embedded, basically it looks, somebody once mentioned to me going, when I look at this book, I, I'm okay, the, the tech is very interesting, don't get me wrong, and all the sound bites from influencers, but it makes me want to go visit these different countries. <laughs> and and I, I thought that was really good because I wanted them to be able to see themselves in this book because that's who it was for. And that also, so after that, um, when we've completed it, we did an online webinar um, instead of an in-person um, celebration which they're all about they're all about their conferences they love them and they love getting together in person um but what ended up happening again is we were we had it online and and it went really well well and so they asked me do you think we should apply for some awards seeing kind of like the cheese book route and i'm like okay let's give that a go sure why not and um and as we know, these awards cost money to, um, and just to share that with everybody else. So those awards are just a business in themselves, right? They, it's a, a the paywall to get be, to enter is sometimes substantial. Um, so it can cost anywhere from you know a hundred to a few hundred dollars to enter contests, and um, but 
a lot of times you receive a lot of really good feedback also from the judging. So there is that, um, I will say, um, not always. Um, but what happened there was, is then that um, book won 15 international awards and the video that we created, my team and I, um, that won three awards. Um, so a video award is, yeah. Video awards are pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, it was significant. I know it picked up a couple of platinum awards along the way. It did really well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. The Muse Award is the biggest one that I'm very proud of. Yeah. Um, when you see who wins platinum awards against that, like Kraft and and Red Bull and um, Disney and and just other entities, it's it's just amazing. Um, so to be considered. Um, being a part of a project that's won something of that stature um, is really nice. But uh, you can't rest your laurels. <laughs> kind of like a chef and a designer. You're only good as your last gig, right? So what are you doing next? Um, and so what's kind of transitioned for me is in the last year or so, I took a little time off um, and realized uh and and still you know started going back to my conferences and um meeting a lot of people and realizing two years ago that augmented reality was a beautiful way that you could incorporate um the digital interactivity with pages and but at that time a few years back I was realizing like the learning curve to produce these assets are going to be astronomical the cost to hire a, a 3d designer um in my for maya and all of these different formats so for me it was just a really cool thing that i was thinking about and um and and knowing that like it's mostly children's books that are engaging in this type of uh, interactivity. And um, so I, but fast forward, you know, I met this incredible people and I was talking about the different opportunities to make interactive books um, with augmented reality based on like, um, which is coming into retail as well, but spirits, right? Um, alcohol, um, distilleries, like uh, wine, um, luxury items and engaging the client with books that are kind of limited edition and where elite clients could engage with something that's special to them and by using the augmented reality and so that's where some of my ideas have been coming from and thinking not children's books not medical textbooks but how to engage people who are adults who are interested in taking and learning more and feeling special and treated to privy information or hidden things because the beauty of augmented reality is now it's advanced with ai that's the that's the best part that's the best part i mean ai is taking this to the next level where you can create these assets and everything well, else well hold that thought b because you, you you've shared an awful lot of information there yes I, I have sorry i just <laughs> i just want to backtrack a second because i do want to get on to the next topic in a moment but you've took me down a wonderful journey because you you were talking about 
the first time you had a color monitor, you know, and I went back to, I remember coding on green screen PCs, if you could call it coding back then. Um, and, you know, getting that first color monitor, I remember when mouses came along and that was, you know, having a mouse attached to a screen, that was, that was kind of magical. Um, and th there was a lot of design and Apple, I think, you know, to this day sort of really did set a trend in that direction. And I'll come, I'll come back to Apple in a moment, because I want to talk to you a little bit about the Vision Pro and AR in a second. Um, but it's interesting how your career has kind of always followed that sort of interactive media producing this kind of obviously internationally award-winning I think the Platinum Muse Awards is great testimony to that and it's a wonderful story but let's bring it right up to date now because the content world continually changes but the the advent of artificial intelligence the XR technologies whether it's augmented reality virtual reality or this this whole new compute device that Apple are talking about, which is the Apple Vision Pro, has people really thinking about content and books and stories and imagery and emerging solutions for uh, interactive media in a whole new way, doesn't it? We seem to be at the beginning of another step change in interactive media and content. At least that's my view. But what do you think? You're the expert here. Well, I agree with you a thousand percent that this is the next level of interaction um, beyond just a hyperlink and a pop-up. Um, it's really taking into account um, how people use the product. And I guess where I want to bridge this is, is and just kind of saying how I'm trying to uh, to progress myself um, to just to take a step sideways, just to say, you know, it's one thing to kind of be, you know, interested in something, but I'm really passionate about exactly what you're talking about and and these developments. And there's more than to it than just the design aspect and the inter edutainment <laughs> factor. And um, so I'm going back to school uh, and I'm taking an, uh, I'm just going to read it here, the actual name of the course is, um, it's through Circuit Stream through my university and um, it's a micro-credential. Um, so it's, it's solid and it's, it's UX design fundamentals for XR and interaction design and prototyping for XR. And one of the things that as much as I'm curious about the design is I'm also curious about the analytics and how, because just like a website, you can have heat maps and everything else on how people are on their journey. Um, this is where it's exciting and, and no other place like with publishing now with these innovations with these haptics and you can tell how long <laughs> now with these new, um, you know, the Vision Pro, it'll be able to record if you're looking at something how long your eye because it's based on eye tracking, how long maybe you looked at or read something on a page and I think and, and your gesture movements and, um, and, and considering the individual and how they're experiencing it in a way that's never been done before. 
right? You, you've never been able to really kind of gauge how someone engages in a book, like what, and it will be very interesting. Um, I thought about it, like if they attach, you know, if you're wearing like a smartwatch that's regulating your, you know, um, all of what's going on inside of you. <laughs> yeah, tapped in like biometrics and understanding. Yes, biometrics, like thank you. Wearing a haptic suit, for example, sports players wearing certain sensors so they can track their body movement, whether they're swinging exactly. a tennis racket or a golf club or whatever. So we see haptics playing a part in sports technology and we see biometrics now with things like the Apple Watch, you know, where it's taking constant sensors are taking constant measurements and being able to put that into a dashboard back. But this seems to be even more advanced than that now, doesn't it, when it comes to interactive media? Most definitely. And how people engage and, and how to capture that uh, outside of actually. So one of the things that I'm very interested in learning, and I, I'm, I, again, I, I'm very new to it. Um, just, I think having a curiosity is the first part and, and where you come from and saying, how does this work with the old stuff or how don't you wish we could do this? And, and, and that is like, when you, in, if you have a tech, a book that's print, and then you have a trigger and you're having someone engage with it in, in either it's a, a video or they're actually interacting with it in some way, that feedback given to the client, the marketer, it, it, I, I think that's the most invaluable information that we're, and it's really going to be interesting to see where it goes, like what it's happening right now. And how that'll influence future publications, um, because I'm not sure. Do you plan out your your analytics that you're trying to to, to marker first, like, and and then discovering later on we shouldn't have been monitoring that. We should have been looking at this. And I guess it's all about the experiment and the evolution of the technology. Um, but again, I really love seeing people delighted surprised engaged going I want to show that to somebody that's cool but not doing it for cool sake <laughs> I, that's the, the designer thing like don't do it because it's cool uh, it's your end user engaging with it and thinking it's applicable to their experience right that's yeah. you know I think that's the main thing I think there's a lot but of I, questions there isn't there I mean if you think about the Apple Vision Pro demo that we've all seen to me it seems to be the best text reading experience in a VR environment that I've ever seen, meaning the words are crisp, they're crystal clear, they're like reading in almost in real life. The lighting is fantastic. You can actually read documents in a virtual environment, whereas traditionally, even in some of the most advanced computer games today, the text isn't great. Uh, it's not somewhere you could spend hours working on documents. It's not where you could put something on and you've got a virtual office set up in front of you where you can work on different monitors and virtual panels. But this seems to be teasing us that this is where this interactive media is going, both from a, you know, a work perspective and also, I know it's not edutainment, but also from um, content that people want to consume because a lot of people don't create, they consume. And the manner in which you consume, whether it's watching you know, in wraparound the latest movie 
or whether it's reading something that's informing you of something. I think the media aspects of this seem to be quite fascinating. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording about just things like healthcare and re, you know, life sciences implications for this type of technology is staggering when you think about patient data, when you think about technical uh, procedural data, when you think about training people, the whole media and the interaction of the media and how it informs us as humans, I think it's 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 going to get really exciting very, very quickly, I think. I agree with you. There's 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 so much potential to help people in so many different facets. And I agree with you. Um, having someone in a healthcare situation um, that can use um, VR to help educate them, calm them, and have them be a part of the choices that are being made is empowering and also it provides another diagnostic tool um and i think that's what these are these are tools a lot of people are really afraid right now jobs are being you know and 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 about what are the capacities for all of this technology and i again i keep saying it to people it's a tool you're learning how to use a new tool i know that people when we've calculators calculators in school oh my god you know and we don't look at anybody as less than who's using a calculator right now um we it's you know. a part of being efficient and giving that putting the expertise into your to developing something really great instead of spinning your wheels of something that could take less yeah, time there's lots of those stories isn't there big you know the calculator uh, as opposed to the log books and the pen and just the pen and the paper or the pencil yeah. and the paper even, and then the tractor versus the farmer with the horse and God, right. and the, the, the way technology advances. Um, there are fears, obviously, but I want to I bring us back to something you touched on, which I kind of kind of diverted you off a little bit, which was the world of AI, because uh, you're involved in the world of AI. You, you, you're back studying. You've got the UX textbooks out. You're back <laughs> upskilling again. Um, but artificial intelligence in the current generative AI LLM uh, type environment that we're in today, there's an awful lot of people working on text to video, text to imagery. Uh, there's a lot going on in terms of prompting. We're seeing BART, GPT-P4 at the time of recording. God knows where it'll be in a very short, uh, short few months. Um but this this thing is growing. You know, we've got plugins talking to plugins. We've got AI teaching AI. It's rapidly developing. So, who inspires you in this community? Where are you getting your inputs from? And you know, are the people that you admire or people that you're sort of engaged with here? Because you and I bump into each other at some of these discussions, don't we? Well, first of all, this AI community that I stumbled upon just by pure luck um has been amazing my it's given me so much hope uh and empowered me and there's many individuals i want to list off a few um and i'm going to be name drop and i just have to do it um so back 
way back, I think in March, <laughs> feels like other lifetime. I remember up on my feed, um, because I'm, I watch a lot of YouTube. Um, I think a lot of people do who are, uh, well, how do you do this? Somebody, somebody's made three videos. Let me find the shortest one. And I, and there was this individual who was just talking about, you know, mid journey and it was Matt Wolf. And I was like, wow, I really like this guy's style. He was talking to me in a way that I was like, okay, this is new to me. He's kind of put it at a basic level that I can grasp on it. And then he touches a little deeper into, okay, this is what really can, this tool can do. And he had on there, uh, he was talking about, um, he was did a shout out uh, to Heather Cooper and about, cause she was generating these amazing uh, images and she was testing out Mid Journey and Leonardo and, and the list goes on and Dolly and, um, and I was like, I checked her out and I'm like, cause I'm, I'm more of a Twitter person. So um, that's kind of uh, where I kind of hang out and, and hang out with the people that I'm like, the cool kids hang out, I think. Even though, <laughs> well, now it's called X, of course. But um, so from that, I, I was, I just started really being a part of these Friday meetups on Twitter spaces and meeting these people. And I was a longtime lurker. I only, I only think I've spoken once, but I was so enthusiastic. <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, oh, she's a real person. Uh, but I, I and, and shouting out and cheering on all these people. And so I, I'm just going to, I have a list of people. I just want to say these people right now really influence me in in the fact that I'm a they share a lot of information about where they're at and with the technology what they're doing in addition to um, making me feel included and that's huge I, and I think that's what community really is um so um I so okay so obviously Matt and and um Heather and we've got Taylor Peterson. She's a smart cookie. She's also into design. Um, Robert Scoble, wealth of information uh, in the same age group demographic as me. <laughs> so I'm like props to you, man. Like, and he's really down to earth and he shares a lot of information. Um, Linus, um, he's amazing. Uh, now help me say Linus's last name. Is it Ekstrom, Ekstrom, yeah, Linus, don't get me, yeah, <laughs> he's, he, he comes in with the hammer, and uh, he's the one that kind of breathes, everybody's gets all sparkly, and, and all up, and, and he's like, let me just give you, a well, look, even Matt, <laughs> Matt, and Taylor, and Heather, HB Coop, or Space, Space yeah. Casey, or, um, uh, you know, whether it's Scobalizer, you know, Robert Scoble, <laughs> you know, you mentioned some great people here who are really moving the AI conversation on, but the, there are more people in this community, aren't they? And they seem to be willing to share. And yeah. uh, who else inspires you then? There, There's a couple more on my list. I can't, there's a few more you're going to have to hang on for me because I've got to do some more name dropping. Chris Castanova. Incredible woman 
who's taking on this she's basically a book in the making herself this journey of trying to define what is copyright and up against the U.S. copyright office and now going to court because she generated and like and now knowing what how advanced the tools are now and then what she was producing then is again I have hats off to her as a designer and a creator and an innovator and and not and so when just for those that don't know about Chris she created this column book and she um created a lot of the, the content itself the text the manuscript was written by her but she generated the imagery within um the book through AI and when she copyrighted it uh it went through and then she did list that mid-journey or another tool was used to generate the images someone took a look at that <laughs> and went hey you know what we're taking your copy right away and that started um a very necessary conversation um and what the legalities are around generated imagery copyright and so forth so she is an incredible human being on twitter beside this she's engaging she puts out prompts to people she's an instructor she helps people and so and that in itself like those are the kind of people who truly inspire me and so another person who's so ex static and enthusiastic and I just like candy to my ears is Billy Wobb. Um, he's an innovator. He's a, a visionary. I, I really, I, I enjoy listening to his perspectives um, on the Friday um, AI group on Twitter. And I, and I suggest to other people, if you're enthusiastic, just listen, come and you're welcome. It's such a good group of people. You will always hear something new and um or get confirmation of what you're thinking about so i i just such a good community i'm really blessed to be a part of it um but there's a couple in the publishing world that i just want to tell you about really quickly um who are also on their game and for those because i'm very much in the publishing realm uh one is called a uh, lady named joanna penn and you can find her also on x slash twitter and she has known about AI years in the making. And she's also very prolific. I can't, she's written more than 10 books. Um, and she's quite amazing. And along with that is Orna Ross. And she is the president of um, the Alliance of Independent Authors Association. And so she's really, this is a really excellent um, organization to join um, if you want to get assistance um, for contracts or someone to go over or to find out if there's people that you, um, if you're self-publishing, um, you can find out if they're on the shady list because there's scammers about, right? So all of these people are very progressive and they were at the London Book Fair and that's where I was um, in the spring. And uh, they were they did an actual talk about AI and publishing and how writers can utilize this and to their chat gpt um and and 
kind of empowering people saying this is not taking the place of of people who are writing solid books this is helping you like let's generate your marketing content based on the summary of your book you know and using it like a tool that way and that's what uh, Joanna has really tried to kind of smooth people over and, and and say embrace this embrace it and um, don't fight it use it to 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 make it better for yourself and your because when you're a, a book self-published you're basically running your own small business so you got to know all about the nuances of what's coming down and and what tools can help you reach the masses or improve your craft i mentioned that in nothing has really changed in digital publishing since 2008 and there's um how to distribute your your digital publications and someone has come new on the scene in the last couple of years that I really think that people should take a look at and it's called Book.io and what they do is they convert books into NFTs and they also have a new reader and they are just like we're I'm trying to be in talks with them to find out if their reader will actually accommodate multimedia uh, I don't know if it's there just yet it might be on something that they're considering but again it, it the, the the great thing about this though is is it just in a, a nutshell is when you buy an ebook right now regardless of who it's from you can't resell it you really don't own it and if you delete that app or the book like it's gone um unlike a, a print book which you can resell right you do have the ownership um and but the author doesn't see a chunk of that you've just had this inter you know um with the merchant right you, it was a transaction so what book io does is when you want to sell that book that ebook you can and there's a leader um of who has owned the book and it gives kickbacks to the author so yeah, we can keep track of yeah. all of that so there's there's money to be had in ebook publishing again um it's just in a new format so that and if your consumers are into digesting ebooks in that fashion and are on the nft kind of bandwidth I guess then it's something it's a really good option but I know that they're trying to make it easier to buy nfts with just a credit card and because there's a real learning curve and, and a lot of hurdles in order to get you know your own wallet so I just wanted to put that out there that book io um Josh and and Claire and the other team members they're just working so hard and they're working I met I saw them in uh London and at um New York in January so um they're they're hustling and they're working real hard and they have a lot of developments they have Mark Cuban's first book or book out there so yeah 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 it's, that's really uh, good yeah. yeah so I just wanted to share that because it, there is some innovation because I, I was kind of poo-pooing on where things are not changing and they are they are in different capacities I think what's interesting is you mentioned a book IO and like some public libraries are doing quite well at lending digital books with time limits on them um, and I know we were talking about Apple as well earlier that at one stage, they were sort of dropping things into your device. And people said, I didn't ask for that. Don't put it into my device. And then removing things as well. Tony happened a couple of times. But 
Um, it's sort of that digital ownership, isn't it? And the digital longevity of something, because ultimately, if somebody unplugs the server, it, it disappears. Now, you That's can have right. an argument about blockchain and proof of purchase, and you know we can go down that rabbit hole. But I think what you're describing is very, very interesting. It's almost the long tail of e-publishing, isn't it? It, it kind of brings the, the revenue back into it. And obviously, there's a lot going on. You've covered a lot of, a lot of topics here. And you've mentioned some great people in the community that you know we all learn from and we all we all contribute to. But when it comes to your own learning style, are you reading books? Are you scouring YouTube as you were mentioning? Are you listening to podcasts? How do you keep up to speed with what's coming down the tracks? Because obviously, interactive media—it's not a—it's not a, a sector that stands still. No. Well, YouTube, as I mentioned. Um, there's, I, I've been, I'm reading, um, a couple of books right now that are really, really influencing me. Um, I'll have to, uh, I'm probably going to butcher the, the, the title, but it's like a hundred things, uh, uh, designers need to know. Um, and it's really written in like kind of essay style. And it explains how people learn and, and, and make choices. And it's that in itself. So reading a lot, obviously online, being a part of communities online, of webinars, huge uh, networking through that. Um, the other thing is going to conferences, in-person conferences. That's made us a huge, not just for my career, but how the people I meet there open doors in my brain and knowing them just maybe even not knowing um, that they we could be a part of uh, something I would maybe refer other people to them uh, and, and just under like meeting developers and and talking to different people and, and listening to a lot of people um, future predict right? Because especially like Robert, right? Listening to um, find out like, what is it? They're dro always dropping hints, right? Of what's coming down the pipe without totally revealing what it is that are what's actually happening at the moment. Um, because a lot of it's NDAs and, and of course, you know, money is involved and timing. <clears throat> but I, I'm, there's one other individual I want to um, mention really quickly who's been a huge influence in my in tech and publishing and um his name is uh bradley metrock and he runs um digital book world he's the uh, ceo of store publishing and he also runs all of the um uh, many many um conferences regarding voice technology so alexa skills and so forth like that so he's been a huge supporter and i've been able to speak at some of his conferences and uh, at, in 2017 that cheese book won book of the year at digital book world or the year before that pardon me when it was um um ibooks author conference right oh by the way ibooks author was was canceled mid the apple said we're not using this software anymore so mid project when i was making the the nordic book 
<laughs> they weren't doing any more updates. So I just want to let you know that if you're looking for that technology, it no longer exists. I'm really upset with you, Apple. Please bring it back. Lots of educators relied on that. Sorry, I jumped around there for a minute, but um, because I was thinking of the books, but um, just attending conferences, London Book Fair, I, I went to, um, uh, I wish I could go this year, but it doesn't look like it in terms of because like, I got school and everything is the, the Frankfurt Book Fair. And that was the first time I saw a book using augmented reality and it was for children and they were using the visual triggers. But yeah, so it's it, that's where I learn. I learn from talking to people, absorbing um, and just being open and curious. I think that's the big part, no matter how old you are, if if you're you're really interested and passionate about what you're doing, I think it, in your open, then you'll you'll find a lot of the answers that you're looking for. Yeah, that's wonderful, B. And something that I like to ask people on the show is how they plan. Uh, obviously, you're you're sort of changing direction a little bit. There's a bit of a mini pivot going on. There's obviously technology driving that too. But when you look forward and you think about six months, twelve months from now, or even twenty four months from now, how are you planning? What's on your horizon? What are you hoping to achieve? Uh, what does that look like for you? How does that work in your world? Well, six months from now, I'll have my mini certificate <laughs> and I'll have more people in my back pocket, brilliant designing people, a part of my course, which again, I'll be tapped into all of these amazing minds and mentors. And um, so that in itself, I'll just have this, overly saturated brain that's ready to kind of give um, more to the masses, I guess, so to speak. Uh, that's obviously the first thing on my mind is, is just making sure, um, because when you get involved in these things, when you're planning out your future, and then you are, um, I, I have a lot of people that work with me, I hire contractors, and um, I'm, everyone works remotely. And costing out jobs of something that's a new technology. That, that's why we're going to school. <laughs> yeah, it's because we want to know the reality and the timing and what you can deliver. So I guess beyond that, I'm really excited about introducing uh, augmented reality into publishing with self people who have, I'm going to approach people who have self-published first, obviously. And um, integrating um, AR with the covers, merchandise, um, and then once I've really got a handle on that, we're going to go deep inside internally um, and um, making really amazing experiences and approaching high-end um, luxury labels or, again, it, it, just to make sure that it's a good fit to offer those types of services where there would be a value. And um, and I'm, I'm working with these printers I met in New York. They're luxury printers. And I've said to them, you know, once I get these gigs, and so I'm getting all my ducks in a row, and they're amazing. They, they've, they've had clients like Tiffany's and, and the Hill, you know, it goes on and they do beautiful stuff and then people want experiences. So I want to integrate like really nice high-end limited edition print 
um, materials that are made and then you have still something even though maybe five years from now just like beta VHS tapes you know something doesn't run or upgrade you still have something beautiful but the I I, I always think about the longevity of um, of what I make and and that's always a key then I think moving forward you know um, but yeah I I think in the next two years I'm really excited about just attending more in-person conferences. And maybe some of those might be in AR or XR, you know. Um, I'm really looking forward to um, being a part of those communities and associations and to develop my network through that. And I actually just um, attended a AR VRA online webinar and it was really informative so I, I reached out to a couple people so I'm going to be talking to them and just ask them questions about some of the things I was talking about like what about those analytics what about those biometrics do you really factor those in when you're doing you know your your stuff and so just asking questions and being part of school so that's yeah. I'm really excited there's yeah, lots absolutely. to learn and I, I can see it because it whether you're a self-published author that wants to bring something unique to your work or whether you're one of these brands that want, it's all about experiences. I think at that high end brand, you know, they want you to have be, have an experience as a consumer of their brand, as a customer of their brand, as a prospective customer of their brand. And there's an awful lot of development work that's going into this area because, you know, the, the companies, the brands, the creative studios that invest in the type of work that you're describing, I think are going to lead the next generation of creative work full stop, because um, it's not going to be enough to use the traditional tools that we've had up to this point, particularly when it comes to a lot of those higher end brand engagements. And I think it's a, a fascinating uh, discussion, a fantastic uh, area. And I'm sure you've got your work cut out, but I think you're going to have a lot of fun along the way, B, too. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you before I do run out of time today is I want to squeeze in two quick questions. Number one is any advice you've ever received or if there's anything else that you'd like to maybe share with our worldwide audience that you think would be good to share. And secondly, and importantly, if people want to connect with you, where's the best place to send people to? Oh, best bit of advice. I, I I always think of this and it's 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 I you're gonna laugh and it's 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 um entrepreneurs um well one is know who your client is right and who you want to work with I think that's that's if you're going to be self-employed or a contractor and I think that's like anything and you need to really because you're doing a disservice to someone if you're just doing it for the money I, I feel and your heart's not in it and there's not a good connection and the reason why um uh my ex-mother-in-law was <laughs> a very incredible woman um and she trains dogs, uh, high-end um, dogs. And she's like, I'm training the owners. I'm not really training the dogs, right? Because you can train the dog all you want and you give it back to the people and it won't do anything. And uh, this is, we were just chatting and, and, um, and then we were talking about, she's like, um, we were talking about, you know, 
she had a difficult customer at, at one time many moons ago and um she just said to me I said well what do you do about that you know and she says I charge them double and with a very straight face and I'm like what you charge them double what do you mean and she says well one if they do uh accept the price you're getting compensated fairly because you know what you're up against and you can give them that quality service that you know that you can give and and secondly if they don't they're no longer a problem right <laughs> well there you go that's a, and you, that's and an you maintain your dig dignity but um I, I, I do think, I think she did just said it, it comes down to offering really good value to someone and making sure it's a good fit, because you want to, you always want to give your best, you know, to people, and you don't want to have tension, right? And if you do have tension, you're being compensated for it, right? I think it's a great point. And sometimes deciding which customers you no longer work with, although that's difficult for a lot of people, if they're bringing in money, Sometimes it's some of the best decisions that people make, you know, deciding who you want to work with and why you want to work with them. And it's, they're not easy decisions, particularly if you work for yourself mm -hmm. or if you've got a, a small thriving business that needs that income stream. Um, but ultimately, if it moves you in the right direction and you can afford to make those decisions, I think it's a good thing because it moves you closer ultimately to where you want to be, doesn't it? So I think that's good advice. Um, yeah, people will respect you I think so. more if you're authentic. Yeah, And if you're not a good fit and you tell them up front, you don't have to play that game of the double the price. Just say, I don't think we're the best fit, but I'm going to refer you to someone else in my network. And, that, and I've done that. I've never done the double the price thing, but I always refer people on to someone else that I think might be a better fit because it's just at the end of the day, you know, your reputation, people like myself, my reputation is built on word of mouth, right? right? I, I don't usually take on 20 clients a year. I only take on a handful, right? And um, and I, I always maintain relationships with these people. They're like my extended family. And I think a lot about them. And I remember their birthdays and everything else. So, um, and a lot of the people, and I show a lot of respect to them for employing me and giving me quality work, you know, because that's, I always want to do something that takes the next step forward. Uh, and for, uh, in terms of getting to connect with me, I love um, slash Twitter slash X, I'm interactive B on there. So please um, follow me. I'm also on Instagram, interactive B or interactive B media on Instagram. I have my own personal, I got to change it just to my name. Um, and Interactive B Media is my website. It's going through a bit of a, all you're going to see is a listing of the clients I have currently and the awards that we've won and the teams that uh, were a part of it. Um, but I am creating a newsletter. Uh, and if uh, by the time this is uh, out to the masses, uh, it should be a sign up and where once a month I'm going to send out um, some really good information about what's happening in digital publishing, free resources, um, courses, information, now, not to plug up people's inboxes, just to kind of give them some information that might help them or empower them if they're curious about digital media. And so, yeah, I'm hoping to do that yeah. and uh, build my email list, which I haven't been doing. So um, I have a few, but I, there, oh, there's always room for more. <laughs> I well, love sharing information. So B, that brings us lovely to the end of this episode of the Global Discussion. 
thank you to everybody who's been watching and listening to us around the world. I think we've definitely given people some things to think about today. Make sure that you like, follow, subscribe, do all the things I need you to do to help support the global discussion. And of course, check out everything that B Capitan is doing. And I hope that you'll join me back here for more discussions with creatives, leaders, and thinkers. But thank you so much indeed, B. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you again today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Simon. It's been a pleasure. And again, um, I really love what you're doing. And uh, I look forward to uh, watching more of your episodes and, and learning about people within the network and, and in what, who are changing our world as we speak. You're very kind. Thank you, B. Thank you.